And good Sunday evening. I am Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. We are live, which means you could call in and join in on the conversation or join in the conversation. You're not on the conversation. You'd be in the conversation. Uh, number to call, one 669 1292 As you can see, right there on the screen with me is my friend and, uh, and, and my, my, long, my longtime producer, Sheldon Eric Freed. He is, he is right there. You see him on the screen as, as I'm talking to you right now. And uh, Sheldon, we are about 10 minutes away from house arrest yet again. Mm. So, um, so how does it feel to be convicted and, and put under house arrest uh, for, for whatever crime? I don't crime, know what to tell you. Whatever I crime abs- you committed, I Sheldon. I absolutely don't know what to tell Sheldon? We seem to be having a problem with Sheldon's yep. internet. Sheldon, uh, you're you're freezing up on us. I don't know why. Are it's... you able to hear me? Oh, now I hear you. Oh, and you're actually okay. moving, which is which is good. I mean, it's a good start. Isn't that great? That's <laughs> yeah. I, I like hey, when hey. technology sometimes works. I mean, it's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, is right. Well, uh, to get to yeah, to almost feeling like out of house arrest at seven fifty p.m. local time and. I don't know. You know, this. Uh, the weather has been absolutely amazing. I see people that were taking walks when the curfew was at 9.30, and now tonight it's moved back to 8 o'clock, and I just honestly don't know. I, I never even believed in this curfew from the very, very start because, well, you know no, what? There's no, science, there's no science behind it. It's just, no. uh, it's just politics. That's all it is. And the virus doesn't exactly pick and choose that, oh, it's a curfew. Uh, you know, Are like, you telling uh, me, Sheldon? I'm trying to understand this. Are you telling yeah. me that... That at eight o'clock or at seven o'clock, or at six thirty, the virus doesn't say, "Oh, now I'll wait on the street corner, and if he goes outside, <laughs> I'm gonna get him." It's amazing how that works. It's <laughs> absolutely amazing how that works. I'm telling you, it's so it's ridiculous. Like, it's it's, it's <laughs> that's why we that's why we laugh and joke joke around about it. That this is the only only uh, government democratic government that's imposing a curfew which is doing absolutely it's, absolutely is this a democratic nothing. is this a democratic government children i do you do you nope. really think it's a democratic government i i'm not when you're imposing a curfew I, I curfew like this and actually making people staying home on a beautiful night like tonight i really don't think it is a um i don't think it's a democratic government it has <clears> been democratic in a long time that's the uh it's the problem we're living in here children Sheldon, we're having problems. Yeah, I think we're having so a couple too. of problems you, with your you internet. Know, you're you're freezing up. I, I don't know why that's happening. It happened last last show too. I don't I don't know why, and it's and it's warm and it's warm here. So I it's, I I don't know what's going on. I mean, I got the windows open, but that's basically it. I'm gonna blame <laughs> Google. I think it's Google's fault. It is Google's fault. It's definitely Google's fault. Because everybody else has, seems to be fine. Yeah, it's definitely Google's fault, without question. All right, so I have, uh, a very, gonna, I have a high like four hundred. You're going to have to forgive us for uh, for Sheldon cutting in and out like this. We are trying to solve the problem, trying to resolve the problem, um, but uh, it Unless doesn't we establish a reconnection. It doesn't seem to be. Uh, it doesn't seem to be working on my side. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take Sheldon off the screen. Uh, Sheldon, uh, you could you could disconnect and try to reconnect, and let's see if we could get you back on properly. Um, so Sheldon's going to reconnect, and uh, and uh, while he does that, uh, let's uh, let's talk about something else. Um, 
The New York, uh, the New York Post, uh, I'm sorry, the New Yorker, New Yorker, the magazine, the New Yorker, uh, published an article today, published an article, and uh, I wanted to share it with you. It didn't actually, was it today? No, it was on March 27th, but I just saw it today. So because I saw it today, uh, I wanted to share it with you. I think I just heard Sheldon beat back in. Sheldon, are you there? Sheldon? I am here. I am here. All right. Let's see if this is any better. Sheldon, um, uh, the New Yorker published an article today, and I wanted to I wanted to share the article with you. Um, are, are you frozen again? You look frozen. Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I seem to be moving around. Uh, you don't right. see my hands going. And hi, how are you? How's it going? How's the time? Like, Sheldon seems to be alive, so uh, so it's good. All right. So they published an article. You know, um, but Google's not. <laughs> Uh, Google, we have a lot. Of, we, we we have a bone to pick with you, Google. We have a bone to pick with you. Um, now, now, um, Sheldon, you remember a while ago? I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I'm saying it's a while ago, but uh, really, we're talking just uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Um, the Warner Brothers announced that Pepe Le Pew, the <laughs> the uh, the skunk who who liked to chase cats with. Um, with lines down their back, um, with paint on their back, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, was banned from being uh, in the new movie uh, Space Jam, in the, in, the, in the sequel to Space Jam. They, they canceled Pepe Le Pew. They said that he was a misogynist and he, uh, he, was, he was promoting rape culture, and, uh, and this is Pepe Le Pew, right? Uh, the New Yorker, you know the New Yorker, mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the long-standing newspaper from New York? Uh, it published an article on uh, March 27th in, yep. the, in the latest issue. Uh, it said, Pepe Le Pew apologizes. And I want to share the article with you, Sheldon, because I, I want your reaction to this, because um, I think I think it's important. Okay, sure. All right. So, uh, you know, this is the most important story of the week, Sheldon. More important than, uh, <laughs> more important than, um, than, than, um, than Prince Philip dying. More important than, mm-hmm. um, than us being under house arrest because of COVID. More important, even... Then a protest happening tonight, uh, which is uh, which is protesting the, um, the the mask mandate. Much more important than all this. Pepe Le Pew apologizes. Much more important. Much oh. much more important. So here's the article. In case those of you who haven't seen it, Pepe Le Pew uh, deadline Hollywood uh, announced about a month ago that Pepe Le Pew won't be appearing in Warner Brothers Space Jam, uh, the sequel to uh, to the very successful Space Jam movie of the past, um, and um, and. The New Yorker published an apology from Pepe Le Pew. It goes like this. Messieurs et mademoiselles, bonjour. It is good to see many attractive journalists here today. I would like to make love to each and every one of you. Ha ha. Oui, oui. My representatives are telling me not to get distracted. It's good advice, no? This is my problem. I have too much amour, no? Anyway, I have come, to, I have come before you today to make an apology. Questions have been raised about some of my past interactions with cats and dogs, whom I perceive to be highly attractive lady skunks. I never intended to offend anyone or cause any harm. It was all about the amour, no? But still, my actions are not, how do you say, appropriate. Pepe is très sorry. It would be easy to blame my behavior on having been insulated by privilege, the privilege of being a well-known celebrity skunk. But I will not do this. It would also be easy to make excuses like 
Other skunks have engaged in disreputable behavior for decades without getting caught. Or only a few unreliable cats and dogs have complained. And they can't even talk. And yes, it would be très facile to cast the blame on others, like the painters who are always so sloppy with their painting, leading to white stripes on the back of black cats, and much, much confusion. Mon Dieu, why is it always white paint? But Pepin knows that the time for excuses have passed. I am sorry for letting everyone down, my family, my friends, my business associates, other skunks, other French animals, and of course the cats and dogs who I'm a confused, highly attractive lady skunks, and relentlessly pursued through cities, forests, the Swiss Alps, and ocean liners. Je suis désolé. I would like to apologize to my Looney Tunes co-stars, though I should say that I do not see Mr. Elmer Fudd or Mr. Yosemite Sam out here apologizing for glamorizing gun violence, or Mr. Bugs Bunny apologizing for his propagation of racist stereotypes, or Mr. Speedy Gonzalez for, um, everything. But that is the way of the world, no? Tolerance for violence and racism in America is always higher than tolerance for amour. That court, once more, my representatives are reminding me not to get distracted. And that aggression and unwanted advances are not to be confused with love. C'est la vie. You have to remember, I came from an age in an era when a French animal who did not respond to obvious social cues was considered hilarious. But no more. At one time, there may have been a place for a talking skunk who walked on his hind legs and pursued the love of cats and dogs whom he misidentified as female skunks. But that time is not now. I will say that in making Looney Tunes, I feel I'm being playful and saying jokes that I think are funny, like, you'll never get away from me, mon chéri, and I will never release you until you make sweet love to me. I have meant no offense and only attempt to add some fun to what might be otherwise a long ocean voyage or a boring hike through the Swiss Alps. I now understand that my interactions have been insensitive and too personal, and that some of my comments, given my position as a powerful public skunk, made others feel in ways that I never intended. What I took to be an innocent game of lover's chase was to them a predation by an aggressive animal. What I read as the normal bugling eyes and terrified grimace of flirtation was instead a concerted effort to escape me. Rather than feeling the excitation of a first date, they felt as if I was holding them hostage inside a hollow tree. To the extent that any cat or dog felt that way, I am truly sorry. To show you how much I've changed, these lawyers have encouraged me to do some positive things that are pretty much the opposite of the bad things I've already done. I will give much money to animal rescue centers to help the traumatized dogs and cats and will provide the latest eco-friendly revitalizing shampoos to remove the white stripes from their backs. But is that just the beginning? Yes. Now I pledge to work with lawmakers throughout America and use my influence to upgrade our safety standards for painters. The white paint must stop spilling from high up places right now. But that I should resign my role in Looney Tunes? Pas vrai. Surely this would send a bad message to the fans who love Pepe. Instead, I'm starting a new chapter in my career, which I'm excited to tell you about. No longer will I depend on the confused, hyper-aggressive pursuit of the opposite sex for comedy. I am instead having my white stripe dyed black. A switcheroo, n'est-ce pas? And will we'll audition for the role of Sylvester for French-speaking audiences. No, mon chéri, it's not ideal. But as the exploited, underpaid worker birds in the Flintstones say, it's a living. Sheldon? 
I do not know. I, I really do not know, but Pepe Le Pew uh, uh, say say in, in cry, but I do I really do not understand. You know, it's same thing. Oh, that bloody wabbit! I'm gonna I'm gonna blow his brains up. What we suffering thuckatash? No, I don't believe in that. Honestly, uh, you, you're actually a very good Mel Mel Blank. But this is ridiculous, honestly. Doctor Seuss, now Pepe Le Pew. All the cartoons that we've grown up with as kids and our parents and nobody in that generation ever, ever, ever thought there was any political incorrectness. When is this going to stop? I mean, this is well, that's ridiculous. A good question. That's an ex- excellent question. I mean, it should stop right now. I, I think it's uh, it's gone a little too far, in my opinion. But who am I? But well, like, what's what's going to happen in the comedy talk scene? show host? Like, like just for laughs? Or any comedy festival, because comedy is about imitation. It's about making fun of different, different. Like, when is this going to stop? This could ruin comedy. This is ruining cartoons. Well, you know, there's a comedian who's facing the Supreme Court now. Yeah. Uh, over over a, a joke he made during a comedy special. This is going to be a very big test. And if, and if, uh, if this goes south, this might really completely redefine comedy as we know it. Look, Mike Ward, he's a funny guy. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his comedy. He's a oh, sure, guy. yeah. I've seen him in nasty shows a few times. Yeah. You and I have seen him. He's, yeah. he's a very funny guy, and he made a joke about a Quebec celebrity. And um, he had made the joke for multiple years. It wasn't a new joke. He had made the joke for multiple years, and suddenly the celebrity got all huffy and puffy and sued him and won. Uh, so, so we're starting to see now, even on the comedy stage, you can't say what you want about public figures. It's kind of ridiculous, if you ask me. Because it's because that's what's going to happen in a lot of that's what people in comedy do. They they talk about comedy figures and they talk about this. They talk about religions. They talk about different things. This could really completely revamp the entire comedy spectrum. And like like I said before, I don't know if you've you know, watched. You, I don't know if you've watched any television lately, Shelton. Have you watched any sitcoms on television lately? No, not or any for a while. dramas on on television lately? Well, I've only seen like the. Seinfeld movie episodes and stuff like that. I mean, no, who I'm even knows about, that the Seinfeld episodes would, would be good now? I, I'm talking about new stuff. On oh, new stuff, no. no. So they're, they're basically hitting you in the face with a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Literally hitting you in the face with a sledgehammer uh, for political correctness, for Black Lives Matter, for, uh, for, for all the, um, you know, the, hot, the hot burning topics that are, that, are, that are there today, right? So comedies right. aren't funny anymore because when you get preachy, you're not funny. No. And dramas are preachy, so who the hell wants to watch that? I have enough of that in real life. I don't need preachy dramas. You know, you watch television because you're trying to escape real life for, for an hour or two when you watch television. It's fantasy. Mm-hmm. So uh, watching television that's preaching to you, uh, preaching to you some left-wing agenda, some left-wing political agenda, doesn't really appeal to me. And so, you know, they've ruined television. They've ruined... The Boy Scouts, because they don't exist anymore. Now they accept girls in the Boy Scouts. Figure that one out. Uh, yeah, go figure that one out. They, right. they, they, yeah. they pretty much ruined everything. Mm-hmm. And they're continuing to ruin life for people. And I don't understand why we're putting up with this. I don't understand why this is acceptable. I don't understand why there isn't more kickback and more fight back on this. Uh, I don't look, get it. I mean, look at, look at the books now for teachers that are going to have to teach students, and especially, uh, or, or, fiction novels that are coming out or not uh fiction novels that are coming out now the, the authors are have to just 
be really careful of what's happening in terms of political correctness. I mean, like I said, when is this going to stop? This has to stop because this is ruining everybody's lives. I don't think when you and I were growing up and we were watching our favorite cartoons that we were tainted in any way, shape or form as we we're growing up adults now. Like what, it's like governments don't trust us and, and, uh, this has to really stop. This is it, it's it's gaining momentum. We're going through a very slippery slope and a very very. Uh, I I'm very frankly I'm very very concerned. I'm very worried about it. I'll be totally honest with you. Uh, our regulating bodies are getting into the game too, Sheldon. Uh, yeah. This past week, um, Zelda Young on the Zelda Young show. She's been on forever in Toronto and in Ottawa, on um, mm -hmm. on uh, on Chin in Toronto and Ottawa. Uh, she does a Jewish show. Um, she mentioned the uh, political hitman and uh, and and Howie Silberger, Howie Silberger show on her show this week. Uh, but uh, just uh, just a couple of months ago, she was brought up to the Canadian Broadcasting Standards Council. So what was her big crime? She had an author on the, who wrote a book about American politics, and the book that they wrote uh, they criticized Joe Biden, and um, and and they criticized Ilana Omar for her anti-Israel, anti-Jewish stance. This is what uh, they were talking about. Elon Omar is, of course, a congresswoman f uh, in, uh, in, in the United States Congress. And they criticized her for her anti-Israel stance. And, um, and, and so um, this, is, this was the conversation they had. That, that, that was the conversation they had. That was the, the crux of the conversation they had. Somebody complained to the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council, and they were censured. They were censured for expressing their opinion on a political talk show. And because the opinion... So I guess that means free because, speech out the window, is it? Well, because the opinion didn't match the, uh, the, the politics of, uh, of the people, I guess, judging the thing, right? So, so suddenly, they, you know, the, the, um, the way it works is the station has to, um, has to publish an apology on the station at the time, in the time period that it aired, and blah, blah, blah. It reminds me a few years ago, when we were on uh, 1650 AM, uh, we got a complaint, too, to the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council. Uh, fortunately, we weren't members of the Canadian Broadcast Standards Council, so, so they could complain all they want. If you're not a member of the council, there's nothing they could do to you. Um, and, and so, but, but there was a complaint, and, we, um, and uh, the station forced me to publish an apology on, on my show just to, just to appease the, uh, the people who were complaining. And, and so they ended up publishing this apology on my show, and it ran, it ran a few times. And what was my big crime at the time, Sheldon? Guess what my big crime at the time was. I was going to ask you this. Okay. What was your big, so-called big crime at the time? So my big crime at the time that the station profusely apologized for was I was uh, the chairman of a, um, a pro-Israel rally run by B'nai B'rith every week in front of the Israeli consulate. Now, right across the street from the Israeli consulate uh, at that time, uh, right for across the street from my rally, I mean, uh, in front of the Israeli consulate, directly in front of the building, which was downtown at the time, uh, there was an anti-Israel protest every single week, and we had a counter-protest on the other side of the street. Uh, one day I walked across the street, I crossed the actual, physically crossed the street to the other protest, and I went to the leader of that protest, uh, an Arab dude, I don't remember his name, and I said to him, hey, I said, you're a leader of this protest? And he's like, yeah. He says, you're the leader of that protest? I said, yeah. I said, you know what would be fun? Why don't we both get on the radio and have a conversation about 
the different sides that we're that we're talking about. I mean, I stand there, you know, we stand there every week and we hold our signs. You stand here every week and you hold your signs, but we never have a dialogue. Let's get together. We'll get on the air and we'll have a dialogue. And the guy says, I love the idea. Let's do it. And so that week, on Thursday of that week, the, uh, the rallies were on Friday. So the next Thursday, he came into studio and we sat down and we had an honest chat. Me and him had an honest chat about uh, our views on the Israeli-Palestinian problem, the Israeli-Arab problem in Israel. And I expressed during our chat, with, I'm sitting with the guy who's hosting the protest, the, pro, the pro-Palestinian protest. We're sitting together, mm-hmm. and I say to him, listen, I said, I understand your political point of view. I understand exactly what you're saying. And to a certain extent, you might have a point. There's always a certain extent where you have a point. I mean, you stretch it to the extreme, but there are point, there's a point where, you're, okay, fine, you're right. There were cases where Israel was wrong. And we have to admit that Israel's not lily white, and sometimes things happen in geopolitics, and sometimes things happen on the ground that aren't mm-hmm. so kosher. And, but, but on the other side, it happens this way too. So it's a two-way street. Um, so the two-way street means that you know, when, when something happens on the Israeli side, we should all condemn it. But when something happens on the Palestinian side, we should condemn that too. I mean, we can't just condemn one side and, 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 and call the other side lily white. It doesn't work that way. That's mm-hmm. not the way the world works. And, uh, and I said, and, and, and my second point was that, you know, the, the concept of the Palestinian people is, is a debatable concept. And I went through the history of the region and, you know, I backed up everything I said. So somebody complained that I was disrespectful to my guest for calling the people that he was representing uh, illegitimate people. So I expressed a political point of view to a person who was sitting right across the table from me. It's not like I was just talking and there was nobody there to defend themselves. Who was sitting just across the table from me and who had an open microphone and could have said anything he wanted, interrupted me at any time. And they filed a complaint against me. And the station profusely apologized for my statements. And after that, I don't know if you remember before our show, after that they ran a disclaimer. Um, I, I was, I wasn't insulted by it. I was confused by it, Sheldon. It was confusing mm-hmm. to me. We live in a world where only one side of the issue is allowed to express an opinion. So when an Arab comes on the, when an Arab uh, comes on the station and as he did and says that Israel's an illegitimate state and shouldn't exist because you stole the land for the Palestinians, that is okay. But to ask the question, where did the Palestinians come from? Oh, uh, you know, what's their what's their historical heritage and where 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 is their uh, their right to the land? That's not an OK question. For, That's very, very peculiar. That for, is for for, for, yeah. for for Zelda to be able to uh, to 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 speak to an author, uh, an author that wrote a book and question her uh, about her about her her statements about a U.S. senator and, and, and criticize a U.S. senator and then get censured for it. Seems a little odd to me, Sheldon. Seems a little seems like. Our, our human rights, the rights that, that are guaranteed in the Charter of Rights and Values in Canada, have been skewed a little bit and have sort of been forgotten because uh, our, our freedom of speech has just disappeared, hasn't it? 
And the thing is, and I agree with you, because the thing is for talk radio, it's supposed to allow for dialogue. And as long as it's a non-racial uh, and very respectful type of debate, and uh, then that should be allowed. Uh, I'll go even one uh, step further than you. The... Sheldon, I'll go even one step further. It doesn't have to be a respectful debate. It could be a down and dirty, drawn out debate, and I'm fine with that. You know, we have the right to express our opinions. We should not be filtering ourselves because somebody might get insulted. Somebody might get upset. You no, know? no, I, I don't mean that. But I'm saying like when I'm saying respectful, in other words, not personal insult, like not uh, going after you, your family, the people that you hold dear. Uh, you know, it's one thing to have a rock and roll. Uh, a rock and roll debate, you know, you're very passionate on your issue and the person that's sitting opposite of you from the microphone has his or her viewpoint on the issue. But at least when I'm saying respectful, same thing as I would say in politics, to debate the issues themselves, not to put the person or their family, like to do personal insults to them and their family. It's one thing to not agree Sheldon, my, in, my, in my opinion, Sheldon, either you uh, either you have freedom of speech or you don't have freedom of speech. If I insult you, uh, if I insult you, you have the right to sue me, right? If I, if I say something that's libelous against you, you have the right to sue me. Um, now, if I say something that's scandalous, you have the right to sue me unless I can back it up, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I should have the right to say anything I want. Uh, and, um, and, and that's called freedom of speech, Sheldon. Uh, you mm-hmm. can't say you have freedom of speech and then and then limit your speech. It doesn't work. Then no, it's not I know freedom that. of speech. I'm just, what, I'm, what I'm saying, respect, uh, respect is just from one person to another. Okay, you should be a decent, if I, if I, be a decent human being. But if you are a thief, and I know you're a thief, and I could prove you're a thief, uh, and you're a politician, uh, and you're embezzling money or something, I should be able to say that without having to worry about... Uh, about being censured by the uh, by the Canadian standard well, broadcast. I agree with that, and that's also what courts of law are all about. The uh, you know the, to put the evidence into play, and then but right until then, a person is innocent until proven guilty, as Definitely. the standard of law goes. Well, well, so that's thing, not uh, really the standard of law, Sheldon, because the Supreme Court did rule, uh, well, but about fifteen years ago, that a journalist has a right, uh, including bloggers, by the way, because the Supreme Court said including bloggers. Uh, a journalist mm-hmm. has a right to to um, to question the integrity of any elected official in the country without any evidence, without any backing evidence. So I could ask the question, did the uh, did the prime minister of Canada steal billions of dollars worth of covid uh, covid relief funds and put it into his mm-hmm. pocket or put it into some Cayman, Cayman Island account? I don't have to have proof that the prime minister actually did that. I could ask the question. Um, Ask the question about the prime minister. Uh, I'm allowed to ask those questions, right? Yeah, and, and he could and he could deny it. But if you keep insinuating that you did this and you didn't have anything to back up your statement, I like would if lose. You had... I would lose my credibility as a journalist. Exactly. But but I have the legal right to ask the question. You have the legal right to, ask, but you're asking in terms of a question. You say you would say, did you embezzle this this amount of money from COVID relief? And you were asking that in terms of a question. Now, if he answers, if he answers, let's say something, and no, you, no, you're, you're misunderstanding you me. I have the right to ask the question in general. So if I'm on this show and the yeah. prime minister is not sitting where you're sitting, and I say, "Did the prime minister do this?" I'm perfectly legally in my bounds to say that. Yes, yes, of course. But I'm, but I'm just saying, like, let's say if he were to answer no, yeah, if he were to answer no to that question, 
And then let's say you keep saying, yeah, but you know what? You are a thief and whatever the case is, but you don't have anything to back you up. Now, if you have something to back you up and you have all the evidence in the world, well, bingo, you got them right by the short, short hairs. If you don't, then again, you lose your credibility as a journalist. Do you have the right to ask a question? Yes. But it's legally, it's legally permissible yes, me for me to ask the question. Legally, you are now, legally I could get, allowed to Now, I could, get, I could also get onto the show and I could, um, and I could say... I think the prime minister is a is is an incredible political wimp, and I think that he's done a terrible job in COVID in, in COVID management. I could say this, and I could legally say this, and uh, I should not have um, I shouldn't have the Canadian Standards Broadcast Council down my butt for saying this. Now I should be able to do this for the same. Th- I should be able to do the exact same thing for for politicians in the states. So I, I find it very strange that these people should be censured. Because somebody found it offensive. Well, you know what? If you find a radio show offensive, if you don't like what we are saying, don't Turn listen to off. the show. Turn it off. You have the option. Yeah. Nobody's forcing you to listen. That's a very powerful tool from the listening or viewing public that if you don't like something, you tune it off. You go to somewhere else for your news and information or whatever the case is. Yes, that's, uh, that's, absolutely, that's absolutely correct. But bear in mind, in the States, it's a lot different than from Canada, Howie, because but she's in, in the Canada. States, I was talking about a case in Canada. Yeah, but um, but like when you mentioned about the states or Canada, uh, Canada is not as easy to sue as the United States. The United States has a lot more litigation lawyers, and you know the whole yeah. The whole but the United situation. States also has a much better understanding of freedom of speech. Yes, well, they've always prided themselves always as freedom of speech and Second Amendment and, uh, as freedom of speech. And yeah, they... exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's that's uh, they've always prided themselves on freedom of speech. But again, to answer your question, you either have freedom of speech or you don't. You can't yeah. say you have freedom of speech, and uh, and that's what I've this I never why, understood either. This is why I always opposed, and, and I, I I'm I'm on record continuously mm-hmm. always opposed mm-hmm. the concept of hate speech. Okay. He was arrested for hate speech. What is hate speech? Uh, if you don't like what he's saying, don't listen to him. If you don't like what he's saying, um, uh, don't listen to his show. Don't, don't, don't tune him in. Uh, you know, walk away. What is hate speech? How do you prosecute somebody for hate speech? I can't prosecute you. I'm not a thought, please. I can't, I can't uh, prosecute no. you for your thought. Now, if you act upon your hatred, so you, 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 f- you figure that you hate somebody and then you act upon it. You go and you, uh, you hurt somebody or, or you go and you threaten to hurt somebody. That's a totally different story. Yeah, but hate speech? By law. Yeah. But hate speech? What the heck is hate speech? Well, Either you have the right like, to speak or you don't have the right to speak. Well, it's like almost having somebody, let's say, coming in from another country to speak, to speak here and a lot of people don't like it or he or she has had the visa for them to enter the country and then they see a lot of hate hate and infestate like uh, you know hate hate speech uh where do you draw the line should that person be allowed in the country why should not? that person not be allowed in the country why not if, if people does if people don't approve of what he's saying they could protest if people yeah, don't because approve that's what... happened here that's happened in yeah. a lot of other countries where people would come in they and uh, they the would say yeah yeah exactly exactly so again uh, i went to a uh, i went to a speech at concordia years ago and saw Louis Farrakhan speak at the Concordia. Now, Louis Farrakhan uh, is, uh, is a notorious anti-Jewite. He hates Jews. Mm-hmm. And I, I, saw, I watched him speak at, Concord, at Concordia, and I heard him talk about Jews in not such a flattering way. Then I went and I heard Khalid Mohammed, which was uh, Louis Farrakhan's right-hand man. A couple of years later, I went to hear Khalid Mohammed, 
where there were basically three of us in the uh, in the audience who were white, and uh, <laughs> he he was on he was on the stage with two thugs next to him, and he looked at the audience. And he says, "Ah, oh, I see a bunch of crackers came to watch my speech." He says, "I just want to warn you: these two guys will take care of you if you if you if you cause any trouble here." Okay, so so a threat of violence, and that was okay. That was permissible. But then Bibi Netanyahu wanted to come to speak in uh, in, uh, in in the early nineties, and uh, there was a riot that destroyed the con- destroyed the lobby at Concordia University. So you tell me, where is their freedom of speech? How does it work? Uh, is exactly, it fr- freedom for some and not freedom for others. I mean, you well, know, where, if, if it's where freedom it? for one, it's freedom for all. Is that true? That's, though? Is that the truth? No, it, it, no, it, it, it unfortunately, because that's exactly what you just stated. It's not the truth. But obviously, if you're going to have free speech free speech it should be either people are allowed to speak or people are not allowed to speak and again if you don't like what the person is saying you simply do not go same thing if you don't like hearing certain things on radio stations or watching certain things on tv stations you simply tune them off like i said that's at the beginning your, of this- that's your like the freedom of speech is also the freedom of you as a democracy to then be able to switch the channels or switch the station or switch your and that's what it is. You don't like something in the Gazette or a local paper. You go to another paper. You go to another article. That's your freedom. You know, I um, uh, years ago when I started Save All Jews Everywhere, one of the first things we did uh, while we you know, one of the first things we did while we were still a young organization, uh, and I had a big fight with the um, with with the co-founder. He told me I want to boycott the Gazette because of their anti-Israel coverage, and I said to him, I don't think boycotts are. Um, are appropriate. We should not be boycotting things. So he says to me, why not? I say, because they don't work. Boycott, first of all, boycotts don't work. And second of all, um, the best way, the best way to get them to change their coverage or the best way to get them to do what you want is to, uh, it's not to boycott them, just stop buying their paper. It's not a boycott. Uh, you know, you don't have to organize a boycott and say, we're boycotting you and stand with picket signs in front of their, uh, in front of their paper. All you have to do is say, I'm no longer buying your paper, and I encourage my friends to no longer buy your paper. I'm not boycotting the paper. Uh, I just don't like the content, so I'm not going to buy it anymore. I don't like the television show I was watching because they were hitting me over the head with a sledgehammer about Black Lives Matter, and I don't like political TV shows. I don't like political sitcoms and political uh, dramas. You know, you know, So I'm not going to watch it anymore. I'm not boycotting it. I just don't particularly care to watch it. So I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to tell. Boycott their boycott their advertising. Uh, also, I'm not going to tell people not to watch it. I'm not going to tell people uh, not to buy stuff from people who advertise there. I personally don't care. The less eyes that watch that television show, the less people that tune into that channel, the less chance that show has of getting renewed. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. So um, if you don't like something. You, you see, I, f- I find it a lot, and, this, and I found this a lot uh, when we were doing uh, doing the show for a lot of years, and I find a lot that a lot of the people who listen to the show are people who don't like what we're saying. They're, they're totally opposed to what we're saying, but they listen in. Why do they listen in? Because they want to see if we, they want, they want to get that aha moment. Aha, he said that. Now I could say boycott him, boycott his advertisers. So they're waiting for that aha moment. So they listen to every show, they record them, they listen to them. And they try to find that aha moment. What did he say there? Oh, my gosh. You know, the outrage moment, right? Mm-hmm. Because everything and everybody is outraged today. So there's uh, uh, everything outrages everybody today. It's, uh, we, li- we live in an outrage world, a world where, uh, where, where, where the sex of a plastic potato 
causes an uproar. Well, it's amazing how we're walking on eggshells in this society and, and everywhere you, what you say, what you do. Uh, it, it's, it's a very scary moment because when you and I were growing up, we never had these issues. And I don't now know, I don't understand the you, moment, Shelton. This is the problem. When you get something like as simple as Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. Or, you know, the cat in the hat. I mean, I mean, come on, people. The, these are cartoons. We were, our parents were never offended. They want, they, they, I remember my parents as I was growing up when I was a kid, they made sure whatever I was watching was okay. If my parents really found that they were that sensitive or really bothered them, I would not have been watching these shows. And Sheldon, I've grown up. I, I don't understand. And I think I'm I a just don't get decent it. individual. And, uh, you know, same thing with you. You've grown up, you may you watch cartoons or read different comic strips or, or whatever the case is, or listen to certain radio programs. Like, why can we not be able to make our own decisions, read what we want to read, watch what we want to watch, listen to what we want to listen, and for the governments around the world to simply have faith in us? You know, they're citizens. I mean, this is ridiculous. This is something that communist governments would would want to would 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 censor everything we do, what we say, what we watch, anything that's broadcasted, the print that people would read. Are we going through a communistic state right now that everything we do or what we say is now yes. monitored? I mean, yes, we are. I'm scared. Yeah. I'm frankly, when when I hear stories like this, Howie, I am frightened to death. I am very scared of what we're what we're going to be going. I mean, this thing is Pepe Le Pew for heaven's sake—a cartoon skunk, a maple leaf, Hanna Barbera cartoons that have been on the air for over seventy-five years. It never bothered anybody for the past 65, 70 years. Why now? What is so different from this generation now that everybody has to be so darn sensitive to it? It's time a, for people to open up and lighten up. I have a better question. So they complained about uh, Pepe Le Pew. They complained about Dr. Seuss. They complained about Mr. Potato Head. But um, on the Grammys, it was okay for two naked women to be squirming on top of each other on stage to be watched by thousands of children. That, that was fine. You know why? Uh, because to them... The hottest it's song. Ra it's ratings, buddy. That's welcome to broadcasting. The, the, the it hottest, does ratings proud. The hottest song uh, in existence today is, uh, excuse the expression, but it's the name of the song. Really, honestly, the name of the song is Wet Hot Pussies. That is the, uh, that is the hottest song uh, on the charts today. And this is and so, what there's no there's and, no mad and, thing and somehow, from parents of young kids that are and, saying why are we having this song why are we having these lyrics? but aside from that objectifying women the way they're objectifying women sexualizing yeah. women the way they're sexualizing women is not objectionable but yeah. a, a picture of a a picture of a Chinese man running with chopsticks in a Dr Seuss book is it, it seems you, to me a little hypocritical. If you oh will, absolutely if you remember they used to burn records Howie they used to burn books yeah they used to burn CDs I mean come on even 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 uh, when people liked rock music some of the evangelical people burned the rec records because they thought it was Satan they thought it was the devil like come on 
This is objectifying a woman's private area into a song made to get uh, hundreds of millions of dollars into the record company's hands and into the artist's hands. What's going on here? one 1292 is the number to call. one 1292 Get in on the conversation. I'd love to hear from you. one 1292 Um, I um I, I don't know. This is what I don't understand, Sheldon. I don't get um, I don't get it either. Look, we've 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 taken family values, we've thrown them out the window. They don't exist anymore. Well the the uh, traditional family, the uh, the uh, the nuclear family is gone. The uh, the moral morality system that existed in, in in Canada, the United States for the longest time is gone. We've thrown it all in the garbage, and and mm-hmm. so and so now we're living in a world that's that's making up the rules as we go, and the rules they're making up make no sense. It's almost like COVID regulations. It makes absolutely no sense. There's no logic behind any of it. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to uh, to say that Dr. Seuss is racist, even though he's been dead for thirty years. But it's okay to say he's racist. It's okay to ta- attack the dead. And and call everybody you know from white people call white people evil. That's not racist at all. And it's okay to uh, to say that uh, white straight men are the are the worst people in the world. That's fine. That's not sexist or racist. God forbid, right? Oh, I said the word God. I'm sorry. Um, uh, uh, but then but then you go and you objectify women. You you go and you uh, and and you sexualize children. There was a um, there was a movie that was made for Netflix called Cuties. Now, I didn't watch the movie simply because I am I I'm not really into watching young girls dance suggestively. This is not this is not really my uh, my thing, right? Uh, and when I say young girls, I don't mean eighteen year old girls. I mean ten year old girls. Mm. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. Ten year old girls dancing on stage. I'd feel a little uncomfortable seeing that myself. Ten year old girls dancing on stage, sexually suggestive sexually suggestive dancing and this is deemed fine by the woke crowd they're they're okay with this so wait a second is this the same crowd i'm i'm, I'm asking the question because i don't know it's an honest sincere question mm-hmm. is this the same crowd that wants to change the uh the, the the concept of pedophilia from a sexual deviance to a lifestyle is this the same people i'm i'm, I'm just curious because because their actions speak louder than their words and there is a mm-hmm. whole movement out there to uh, to try to change that. I, I remember um, years ago. I don't know if you remember David Goldberg. He was the uh, editor of the. Uh, he was a sports editor at the Suburban, and then he became the editor of the Monitor. And, I've uh, heard of him. Yeah, yeah. I, I worked with David at the Suburban, then I worked for David at the Monitor. So I had I had the um, the the pleasure of working with this man for uh, for multiple years, and um, David Goldberg was arrested after I had left the monitor. Uh, they fired me for writing a piece. They actually fired me. I'm sorry, I'm going to go off and I'll come back, okay? So they actually fired me from the monitor for writing a, an opinion piece supporting Dr. Laura's right, Dr. Laura Schlesinger's right. I know you love Dr. Laura Schlesinger. <laughs> Dr. Laura Schlesinger's right to say that, uh, that homosexuality was a, um, was a, um, a biological error. Now, now, I never said in my piece that I agreed with Dr. Laura's sentiment. I, uh, I just said that I think she had the right to express it. And if you don't like what she says, you don't have to listen to her show, but she has the right to express it. It's called freedom of speech. 
And I wrote that article, and they fired me over that article. The, the, uh, the monitor fired me over that article. But that was just a sidebar because I thought it was an interesting story. We'll move back to the David Goldberg story. So David Goldberg, who was the editor of the monitor at the time, um, a couple of years after I left the paper, the paper turned into the, the West End Chronicle, and, uh, and as the West End Chronicle, he was still the editor. And, um, and uh, David got arrested. The police showed up at his house, and they arrested him. And they found on his computer hundreds, maybe even thousands of uh, images of child pornography. So um, David went to jail, not for very long, because the child pornography laws in Canada don't send you to jail very long. But he went to jail for, I I don't remember if it was two years or three years. He, He was in jail for a while. And when he got out of jail, he wrote a book. And I got a call. I was, I was hosting the show on uh, Radio Shalom at the time. And I got a call from, uh, from David. He said, Howie, you, you have a radio show. Could you put me on the show to publicize my book? I mean, it didn't take me three seconds to say no. But I thought about it for about a second or two. And I said to him, what's the book about? He said, well, I wrote a book explaining that pedophilia is a lifestyle and not a sexual deviance. And I would like to, um, and I'd like to publicize the book. And I, I, I said to, well, one, one second, I, I'm trying. I'm, it just blew my mind, really. Yeah. You, you don't even know how to react when you get when you get approached by stuff like that. You don't even know what to say. And I said to him, um, no, I, I don't think I could do that because um, I, I personally find pedophilia, child molestation, or, or the exploitation, the sexual exploitation of children. I find it personally repulsive, and um, and I don't think I could uh, I could possibly interview an an author who doesn't find it personally repulsive. It's, I mean, really, I mean, there there are things you could do with children, and things you really shouldn't do with children, and that's one of the things you really shouldn't do with children. So, um, uh, no, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't put the book on my show. And he tried to shop it around to a bunch of different people. Eventually, the, uh, the publisher who agreed to publish the book was pressured enough to not publish it, which I felt was wrong. By the way, I felt that was wrong. I had the right, as a radio talk show host, to choose who my guests are going to be. I had the right not to have them on as a guest, as I choose not to have a lot of people on as guests. I get a lot of calls. I get a lot of suggestions about guests. And I choose who my guests are and who my guests are not. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I, have that, I have that option. I mean, if next week I decided Sheldon wasn't on the show anymore, Sheldon wouldn't be on the show anymore. I have the option. It's my choice. It's my show. It's my choice, right? Not that I would ever throw Sheldon off the show, but you understand what I'm saying. It was just making the point. Oh, you got me scared there for a second there, Howie. Just got making, me really scared just there for a second. trying to make the point, Sheldon. You understand oh, what know, I'm saying. I know. I know. Um, I know. Uh, but, but it's my choice. At the end of the day, I make the call. I own the station. I own the show. It's my call. Um, so I chose not to have him on my show. But I and the publisher had the right to choose not to publish his book. But I, I felt the publisher was wrong because he had already agreed to publish the book, and because of public pressure, he chose not to. Uh, I felt that was wrong. I felt that was a hundred percent wrong. Bowing to public pressure and not publishing the book um, stifled uh, David's freedom of speech, didn't it? He should have mm-hmm. the right. He should have the right to express himself. But if the publisher said that, no, from the very beginning, I don't want to publish your book, uh, I don't that's feel... That's a different story. But that's not that, what okay. happened. But that's not what happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, I, was, I was a little upset. I was a little upset about the publisher deciding that, uh, that he was not going to publish the book, 
even though he had said that he was going to publish the book. That I felt was wrong. Um, now, now, a lot of people disagreed with me. Trust me, I, I got a lot of flack. People disagreed with me. But at the end of the day, uh, I have the right to my opinion, you have the right to your opinion, everybody has the right to their opinions. And uh, I feel that everybody should have the right to express their opinions. But I also have the right to limit who comes onto my platform. And uh, you have the right to express your opinion. And if you don't, can't do it on my platform, there's plenty of other platforms to do it on. Um, you always find a platform that will put you on, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I've been on many platforms before this one. Yeah. <laughs> musical shows. And now I'm here to do a musical show and be part of uh, Just for Laughs with you. And yeah, but I mean, it, it's... I think that's the thing when it comes to terrestrial radio. First of all, it's it's besides the fact on everything else, as we both know, it's very, very heavily regulated on both sides of the border. And uh, I think also, uh, and I'm not, and I'm again, just to reiterate, I'm not excusing the CRTC or the Federal Communications Commission in the States, but they're under enormous pressure from everybody. You can't satisfy no matter which side you're on, uh, maybe one side or the other, they're always on so much pressure. I would not want to be in the CRTC. I would not want to be in the FCC. But that's the job that these people are doing, and they have the right to balance everything. But to start really going through these eggshells like cartoons and, and like, again, it's a skunk. It's a skunk, people. Pepe Le Pew is a skunk. Tell me, Sheldon, do you actually believe... Dr. Seuss has a long red and white striped hat at the Grinch that stole Christmas. Sheldon, do you actually believe that the people who are complaining about this actually care about this stuff? No. They, who knows if even if a lot of people that are complaining has even seen any of this stuff. They just jump on the bandwagon. Do you think they really but care? They, I don't think they really care. I just, I just think they just want to shut everything down. They want to shut... Freedoms, they want to sh uh, shut uh, stuff I'll, I'll, that I'll you go, and I... I'll go even one step further, I... Sheldon. I think that they want to change American society. They just, they, they don't like, they hate the country they live in. They hate the, uh, they hate the society they live in. They just want to change the society to Into, some kind of, oh, some kind of uh, nanny society. Some kind of, look, they grew up, uh, I don't blame them. This whole generation grew up, you know, playing sports with no, uh, playing sports with no scores, Right. Getting participation mm -hmm. trophies, they they don't know what it is. the the uh, The agony of defeat has never crossed their mind because they have no idea what it means. Mm -hmm. So, how do you blame people who grew up with no consequences, no punishments? I mean, you know, they never got a slap on the wrist. All they got was a timeout in the corner. So, what do you want from these <laughs> people? They so they never had the opportunity to be insulted. They never had the opportunity to get upset. Everything was always equal and everything was always honky-dory and everything was always perfect. So now they live in an imperfect world that's not honky-dory with people who have varying opinions and a society that, that, that values winning and losing. You have winners and losers in society. I mean, there's no question about it. How do you think these people feel? There's no participation trophies in the real world. You know, you go into business and it's a doggy dog world. Uh, if your competitor does better than you did, you're out of business. Nobody's mm -hmm. giving you a medal for that. So yeah, how do you think exactly. these how do you think these people feel, Sheldon? But do they want to be what a future anarchist, or they want to be future communists, or they want to? No, have Sheldon, a... uh, you don't get it. They want to recreate their childhood. 
where they never had to feel defeat. They never had to feel upset because they lost something. They never had to feel anything. Everything was taken care of uh, for them. The world was lived, they lived in a bubble. The world was a bubble for them. They want to recreate that, that, that feeling, uh, that, that feeling of, uh, uh, of secureness and safeness that they always felt when they were a kid because you know, nobody kept score when they lost 17 to nothing uh, a soccer game. Nobody kept score. Nobody cared. They all went out for hot dogs at the end. Everybody had a banquet. Everybody got a trophy. The only time that's I the world really, they're trying uh, to recreate. Yeah, the only time I really, you know, feel safe and in the bump, uh, bubble, and I'm sure you felt too, as we were growing up, we were kids, and our parents took care of everything, our our needs, our food, our our home, and everything else, and and uh, you know, you're uh, you know, you're going to be with your future bride to be. I'm with my significant other, so we feel like we're also in a bubble uh, bubble as well. But the real world, everything outside that is a doggy dog world like you said it's same thing when you're in business like you said if a person is going to do better it's the same thing as the radio station is going to do better they're going to get more listeners they're going to get more revenue and the other station is going to suffer that's what that's what it is that's capitalism as you would as you would say that's what capitalism is all about and that's yeah you you make or break your own destiny and this is what this is what it's all about you have to you you make your you know, you make your way in life and you have a lot of obstacles on the way and the stronger people overcome these obstacles. That's what it is. But to be, to have the perfect scenario of never having to worry about it, wouldn't we all love to do it? But it, 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 it it's not the real world, children. It's not the real but it's world. not the real world. And, and what's at stake here? Well, at stake is society, period. Yeah. So that that's a very, very big I, I'm really worried. I'm frankly very, very concerned. I'm sure anybody that's listening or watching us on YouTube and listening to the show, I think most people feel like this. I think uh, it, it's getting to the point that uh, favorite pastime as we were as we were growing up and watching cartoons and never thinking of anything on the cartoons that it would have ever made us feel that we're going to commit a crime or God knows say something that would be horrible. And now all of a sudden, everything is being ridiculed. Every single thing, what people say, what people do, cartoons, print, television, radio, everything is being ridiculed. And I'm scared that we shouldn't be a nanny. I'm frightened that we shouldn't be a nanny state. So how do we fix this, Sheldon? How do we, how do we fix this problem? <sighs> There's no quick fix other than the fact that people have to loosen up and they have to say, listen, when we were growing up, the cartoon, the stuff we were watching, the stuff we were listening to was not hazardous because most people that grow up are good law-abiding citizens like you and myself are good law. And we watched all this stuff and we listened to radio and we, re and we read papers and we watched TV. And if we didn't like something, what did we do, Howie? We turned it off. We, right. we, we, this is what we, so people, governments and authorities have to let people make their own decisions and say and 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 show and give people the responsibilities of making their decisions that's what parents are for that's what people are for that's what adults are for is owning up taking responsibility and doing the right thing does everybody do the right thing and take responsibility of course not but at the same time people have to be and yes if we break the laws then that's a different story. If if we hate somebody and, like you said, we carry it out, we assault them or, God forbid, murder them, then, yes, we should be tried in the court of law and 
and be um, be punishable for you know be responsible for our punishment and let the uh, you know let the uh, punishment fit the crime. That's what laws are about in our in our judicial systems around the world. But you can't you can't uh, muffle free speech. You can't muffle the passions that people have in expressing themselves. It's a dangerous precedent, and we're going through a very dangerous, uh, slippery slope. And I'm I'm frankly very frightened about it, Howie. I'm I'm very very surprised, by the way, that. Um... You know, we have tens of thousands of listeners a week on this show and on Political Hitman has even more than this one. Um, and I'm extremely surprised that uh, I've never been, you know, um, well, in recent years, I've never been taken to task on some of the stuff I say. Um, not because I'm saying anything that's legally questionable, not because I'm saying anything that uh, that's morally wrong, because I'm not. But the, the, the stand I take is contrary to the stand that uh, that majority of Canadian society at least takes. And uh, when I express these opinions, um, I, I, I half expect, you know, a bunch of radical left wingers to come after me and they have it, which I'm which I'm, you know, I, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to encourage them to do it. I'm just surprised they haven't. That was my next thing. I hope you're not encouraged. Them no, to no, do not this. at all. But, but I'm just surprised they haven't. And the reason I'm surprised they haven't is because they seem to be attacking every minute little thing that happens. And, and um, I figure in the, you know. Uh, political hitman. I think the last numbers were uh, were about uh, twenty or twenty five thousand a week that listened to that show, uh, which is which is amazing. Um, and uh, and this show here, I mean, it's, I, it's 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 a little less than that. I think it's fifteen or seventeen thousand a week that listened to the Howie Silberger show. Uh, so um, so I, I figure in the uh, in the thirty seven thousand people that are listening to 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 me twice a week, uh, at one point or another, somebody would say, "Oh my gosh, how could he say that?" Right. Uh, but but thank God they haven't, uh, and I hope they never do because once again I believe in political I believe in freedom of speech, and being able to express yourself. And I have open lines, so if anybody has anything to say to me or any problem with anything I said, feel free to call in any time. the uh, The lines are always open on both shows. The lines are always open, and you can always call in. So um, giving people the opportunity to call in and to express themselves or to send me an email. Uh, I started putting my email address up on the screen uh, for both shows. People can email me. Um, the uh, The idea that uh, that that I could get emails and you could give me feedback means that why would you go running anywhere else? If you have something to say, say it directly to me, and I'll be more than happy to answer you and, and engage you in conversation. But that's not necessarily mm-hmm. the way things work, is it, Sheldon? No. Maybe there's a certain amount of tolerance. Maybe people are, are tolerant of what you have to say. They may not agree with you but maybe they just don't feel that uh you know they're not gonna like lash at you or whatever it's one thing to give you feedback uh and, whatever i'm not uh, trying i'm not trying to find excuses on why they're not complaining about me trust me i don't care uh even right. if they did complain about me I, I don't care too much uh at all actually um but but i'm just saying that um that and we, all this time i thought you cared about how what people thought about you <laughs> darn i just missed the boat there uh, Sarcasm, people. Sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, I've never cared what anyone thought about me, or uh, what anybody thought about anything I said. Um, if you have a valid point, a political point that you want to make, and uh, and there have been valid points that have changed my opinion on certain topics, but um, but but you know, if you if you present it in a in a polite and uh, and cordial manner, I'll be more than happy to listen to it. But um, and you never look. You never know. Like I, I've said this to you many times, Howie. You know, let's say there's certain things I may not agree with you say or other people say, but you know what? 
it might it'll it'll open up my mind to say you know what the person has a point and maybe it's something i didn't think about it's a different perspective for sure yeah yeah and the thing is this is what knowledge and this is what education is all about that's the same thing if i say something you may not agree with everything i say but maybe there's certain points that you feel are valid and you and and you say you know it's a takeaway then that's what it's all about it's it's not my job and i don't it's not my job to to pull you over to my side it's just it's just it's just uh it's and it's the same thing it's not your job to pull you over on your side but it's as long as we hear each other and i'm saying this for for anybody out there not just howie myself is to listen and you know what you may not you may fully disagree of what the person is saying i mean this is what talk radio is about it's about ideas now you 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 may completely fully dis- disagree or maybe there might be certain points within that valid within that valid st- stance that the other person has it you say you know what i didn't think about it that way i never th- thought about it that way and it's about opening up your mind and it's about thinking and if you think we've done if you think about certain things we've done our job as people on the radio because it's it's to make you think it's I'm not necessarily going to uh, want to pull people over to the left or center. It's just for people just to get an opinion of where I'm coming from. And it's just if certain things that I say and it goes and you think about it or a person thinks about it, they say, you know what? Sheldon has a point or how he has a point. It's, it's not me to fully say, oh, I'm going to go on Sheldon's side. I'm going to go. I just want the ideas, and this is what part of radio is all about, to take the transmission of ideas and people behind them and, and to express on the platform to people out there that are listening. And as long as people are respectful for one another, that's all I always cared about. It's I don't care if people disagree with me, and, and you don't care if people disagree with you, but at least the people are, are respectful and they're cordial, like you said. I'll respect them more than right away uh, going after a person personally or their families and 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 character assassination and then that would even if they had a valid point is completely out the window because if they have to personally insult you to get a point across then it's not worth it then it completely depicts what their what their thing is what their what their ideas are sheldon to quote uh to quote um wayne and schuster remember wayne and schuster Remember Wayne and Schuster, Sheldon? A long time ago on CBC. They yes. were on CBC. It was, uh, what was it? It was uh, John, uh, Frank Schuster and Johnny Wayne, right? Something like that, I forget. Yeah. Or uh, Wayne, Wayne, I forget, I forget, yeah. Um, I see about a clock on the wall. It's time to say, to bid you one and all. Goodbye, Sheldon. Farewell. Goodbye, Howie. Adieu. <laughs> a la prochaine. Goodbye, farewell. A vida adieu. <laughs> Goodbye until we meet again. <laughs> Uh, that's it. We have no more time. We're out of time. <laughs> that was always the greatest ending to any show, by the way. Um, that's all, folks. <laughs> uh, we'll, I will be back on Tuesday night with uh, Political Hitman. I will. I'll be back on Inside the Vault show tomorrow evening, 7 to 9. That's right. It's a brand new one starting uh, tomorrow. New one, tomorrow's live. Brand new. Our Monday. Brand, yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So... Monday, and then it repeats all week. The rerun repeats all week. But uh, yeah. Mondays are always the new show. So uh, check out uh, Sheldon's Inside the Vault. Uh, for now, it's at 7 o'clock. It might, it might move. You know that. 
Yeah, um, I know. We called a, I called Ken Woods Moving and Storage. I called a couple yeah, of people to yeah. try to get an estimate. Yeah. So, so it might move, but it, but for now it's at seven o'clock. So uh, so yeah. tune in at seven p.m. Uh, if it does move, we'll let you know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, tune yeah. in at seven p.m. for Inside the Vault, and at uh, midnight on Wednesday. That's Tuesday going into Wednesday at midnight. Uh, for political hitman, yes, I love doing a show at midnight. That is my favorite thing in the whole wide world. Um, you're a night owl, Howie. What can I tell you? You're a night owl. And of course, we will be back next Sunday night, right here, Sunday night, on the True Talk Radio Network with the Howie Silberger Show. Sheldon, thank you for being here. Always a pleasure, my friend, as always. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you again, um, you know, very soon, I'm sure, or or not. I mean, go Are you way. definite about that? It could go either way, right? So, if, <laughs> if okay. the good Lord allows it to happen, it will happen, uh, Sheldon. She's always at the end. You flub up. I, I didn't flub. <laughs> How's that a flub up? I don't. I, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> it's okay. Just keep going. Why is that a flub up? <laughs> we were just about done, and now, 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 now you make now you make me self conscious. Now, now I'm self-conscious. Since when are you ever self-conscious? Oh. I've never made you feel... I, I am, I am Howie Silverger self-conscious? I am completely self-conscious now, Sheldon. Come on! Now I have to go back and listen to the tape and see where I flubbed up because, I mean, now you're pointing out my errors. And, uh... Oh, I've made many flubs, so don't now, worry. Now, now I'm going to go home. I'm going to cry all night. That's what's uh, going to yeah, happen. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'll give you exactly... Uh, allow me get, <laughs> to give you one second of my sympathy. Time's up. All right, good. All right, we'll see Say you. Good night, Howie. Good night, Howie. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>